You mind if I share a story while the kids are going? So how many are familiar with a revivalist named Charles Finney? Yeah, so, so I love studying revivalists. I love studying the fruit of some of their ministries. And um, at, at the end of his life, you know, he had very successful revivals, meetings, harvest, uh, different things. And at the end of his life, he, he gave credit to this man named Daniel Nash. And uh, Daniel Nash was an intercessor for these revivals for Charles Finney. And he would go lock himself in, in rooms. He would rent apartments and different things uh, a couple of weeks prior to that, that revival moving through that region or city. And they would hear him wailing and crying out to the Lord for weeks in these apartments or private rooms. And, um, and then at the, while the revival was going on, going on, oftentimes Daniel Nash would be under the stage crying out to the Lord while, while, while radical miracles and healings and salvations are happening. And at the end, Charles Finney, you know, with all this kind of glory and just, you know, prestige, I don't know about that. He was, he was pretty cool in most ways, but, uh, but he gave all the credit to the, to the intercessor. And I was like, man, what great foundation. And a lot of the groups that Amy is mentioning have been grassroots just starting. Like, hey, we want to start a prayer group. We want to start a worship set. And that's, man, if there's any, like, we don't even have a small group leader at the moment. <laughs> and uh, we have more small groups that have started in the last six months than the previous three to five years together, combined. And I think it's this grassroots movement, this, this just, just, this thing of like, man, people want community, but we want it in prayer and worship. And, and there's other groups starting too, like the, the stepping out. That's, that's activating faith. And, uh, and even the thing Amy and, and Lee are doing, what she mentioned was that's actually a training, training how to press into prayer, types of prayer. So man, this is, this is amazing. So how many feel good today? I was telling the prayer team, like, like, you just look at media, and if you watch media, you could easily get depressed or frustrated or angry, and you could easily want to repay evil with evil, right? And, and there's, there's some things, and there's a big decision, 49 and a half years of Roe versus Wade, January 1973, and there's this outrage of people who are obviously against it, and I had a friend post, I couldn't imagine people being so angry that babies wouldn't be murdered. There's truth to that, but there's this thing to where we can't repay evil with evil ourselves. We can't demonstrate to demonstrate. Like, like there's this thing that it's love that covers a multitude of sin. It's, and we don't know the cry. We don't know the hurt. We don't know what's happened in their upbringing or their, or their, or their issue. You know, what we use the term in our house, um, if, if, you know, we, we say love deficits. That's how we refer to some of that. We don't know the love deficits or the things or their exposure or their hurt or whatever. So I just encourage you. And um, Olivia, in one of our trips, we, we ended up at one of the resorts in the Bahamas. I'm going to share some of our story today. Uh, but there was this thing called Grad Week there. All right, and high schoolers graduate. The legal drinking age in Bahamas is 18. So they graduate, they pay this money, and they go do this big party in, in Bahamas in these areas where they can drink. So it was this massive party with hundreds, if not a thousand, 18 year olds, okay, in our resort. And I can't tell you how many times we heard the F word and all these things. And I was getting frustrated, I was getting so mad. And I was like, Olivia, here's what we're gonna do. Because we can't, if they were in an elevator, I'd be like, hey, come on, really? That's so disrespectful. My daughter's here. And, uh, but if it was a big public area, it, you know, it's, it was hard. So, so anyway, I was like, every time we hear it, we're just going to bless them. We're going to pray for them. And it became this fun game to where now we're not looking at them getting mad. We're looking at them through the lenses of heaven saying, we bless them. Let them encounter you, Jesus. Let them experience your love. Let them experience your goodness, your convictions. And, and some of them have no grid for biblical uh, foundation. There's just, it's just sometimes it's, it's not there. So, so anyway, there's this thing, and um, man, so the authority, after 49 and a half years, the authority's been given back to the states and the elected officials and the people. 
That's more constitutional than the thing itself. So that, that's amazing. So, so we need to continue in prayer. This morning we were up, up in the kind of debrief for the, the huddle and praying, and, and uh, one of the people said, my mom was actually put in jail protesting Roe versus Wade. What, 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 are, what are we pushing into for 49 years of a harvest? What's our fruit in 49 years from now? My father-in-law said Friday night, he said he never... My in-laws are very pro-life and have volunteered at the Miami Valley Women's Center. My, my mother-in-law has been on staff there for a number of years now. And um, he said he never thought in his lifetime he would see this. And I'm sure many of you thought the same thing. I, I probably, honestly, with lack of faith, thought the same thing. So there were so many people and so many people contending for this 49, over the past 49 years. So on Friday when we heard it, there was a staff meeting going on, intercessory prayer going on, the, the big prayer thing going on. We came in, we're like, did you just hear? Did you hear? We got a text. And we're celebrating, you know, but now we need to continue praying. Pray protection over those who are making decisions. Those who, we begin to thank the Lord for those who did press in in prayer. Those who did sow seeds into this. And also for those who have had abortions, the, the, the redemption the, the forgiveness, the redeeming power of Jesus, not condemnation and fear and, and all that. So we need to know how to fight this and how to, how to proceed with love and gentleness and kindness. And, and this is a victory. This is a win for, for Christianity, for life, for Jesus, right? But we need to know how to, how to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. So it's a big thing. But y'all, we need Jesus. Our nation, our world needs Jesus. There's continual opportunities for the enemy to use division. Within our church, outside our church, within our culture, there's always opportunities. And oftentimes it's easy to jump on a side of the first side we hear. But let me just tell you, Jesus doesn't have sides. When we focus on him, there's no division. We're not put, our, our fight is not against flesh and blood or, 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 or principalities or rulers of the dark world. Our, our, fi our fight is against is principalities. And the rulers of the dark, our, that's our fight, not flesh and blood, not people. So whether it's within the church or outside the church, there's these opportunities that the enemy would love division. And this decision and, and things going on within the church of, of relationships, whatever it may be, there's these opportunities for division. But I'm just saying here, like, we are a family. We don't choose sides. We don't, we don't get involved in a mess. We pray. We go to Jesus simply, and we support and we love. That's the deal. When my family was going through a challenging time, when my mom passed away, there was a chance and an opportunity. We had just gotten into this building, and there was a chance there through some circumstances and some things that our family was going to be completely divided, which would have led to an entire church division. But we, we, we adopted this phrase, and, and I want you to say it with me here in a moment, but unity at all costs. Because there is sacrifice in unity. There is sacrifice in choosing brotherly and sisterly and family love and saying we are the body of Christ. We will not be divided. We will stand strong. There is a rock of Jesus that we are founded on. And when he is the center and he is the focus, there is no room for division. Let me just share that with you. When Jesus is the center and the focus, there is no room for division because we don't get caught up in the waves and the wind and all this other junk and drama. We get to focus on Jesus and he wins. So can you say that with me? Unity at all costs. Say it again, unity at all costs. I feel there's a temptation of division in this place, and I'm telling you right now that there is so much going forward that there's these little tiny uh, defeated demons that are trying to come out, causing division, causing drama, causing issues, and I'm just saying, Jesus wins. So, 
A couple big fun things this week, all right? We, we had a business meeting, and I had a great turnout for a business meeting, or at least historically for here. Um, uh, about 10% of you came. We thank you for that. <laughs> for the rest of the 90%, we either uh, feel that you just, um, maybe it was an inconvenient time, a summer, maybe things going on, maybe you just trust the leadership, or maybe you just don't care about that part of church. I, we don't know. We're, we're sorting some of that out. But regardless, we, we did do some things. We ratified the bylaws that have been about two years in the making. Uh, we, we ratified, ratified means we voted in, we agreed with. We voted in the elder board. So if you're an elder, could you stand, including the pastors? If you could stand, we're gonna honor the elders right now. And... I know Kurt Lamb uh, is part of that. Uh, I can't remember, huh? Angie's the treasurer. Um, Mike, we kind of like, all right, who's, we got to nominate a secretary. Who's going to be secretary? And essentially, it was kind of like nose goes. And Mike was the slowest, so he's the secretary. Um, so some big things. Also, a budget, an annual operating budget, which is a goal for a budget for the church. Uh, just so you know, for over in 22-plus years of ministry, we have financially and, and by number grown every single year for 22 years. We're very healthy, so it's very good. And... We, this is fun, and, um, and, and this is kind of about structure, right? And there was one more thing involving structure. Structure facilitates life, all right? As we grow, we need more structure, not for structure to, to pre prevent things or create red tape or bureaucracy or, or bigger business or organization side. No, even a home houses a family, okay? A river bank lets a river flow, and I, I picture that as like the river of revival, the river of refreshing. There's banks that lets the river flow. Out of our bellies shall flow rivers of living water, right? A sandbox has sides. It has a structure. Otherwise, it becomes just a, just a mud pit. A sandbox has a container for creativity, so there's more structure, including we voted in to build an expansion project here at the church, so very excited for that. Yes, and uh, we do not expect to finance any more than 50%, so that's amazing because of the health, the financial health of the church, uh, so we're excited. So in about the next two to three months, you may see, Corey is a prophetic word, a bulldozer sitting over there, so, um, but we'll start moving some dirt probably in that time, but we've got some, some planning to do. We want to involve uh, the leaders and, and the rest of the church of a capital campaign, different things, because we want this to be your building, but we are building for the next generation. It's called the legacy building because we're building for the next generation. This one was built for our generation, really, and we built what we could afford. Now it's a gym, it's a dedicated youth space, a prayer room, a dedicated prayer room, several meeting spaces, and a dedicated counseling sozo room that's on the first floor that um, even those who need prayer for healing being, um, not being able to get upstairs can go to. <laughs> so anyway, um, so we're really excited and just wanted to catch you up to speed on some of the business things uh, in the church. We feel that, that it's your right. We, we didn't have before in our bylaws where members got to vote on anything. And, and there's so many different structures. I'm not saying any one way is, is um, right or wrong, but there are some biblical ways to do some things. And we're like, we want, we want you to be able to vote on some things because otherwise you're going to vote with your feet anyway. <laughs> There's so many amazing churches out there. So we wanted you to have some authority and buy-in and, and represent the body the best that we could with the structure. Um, so anyway, a lot of things. Um, could, could we do a few things? I know there has been some attack on some people. I don't know that we specifically went into some prayer on a couple things. Um, Lee and Rob, they, they, they were involved. If you are not following, if you're on Facebook, 
Facebook and you're not in our private church group, could just ask to be a part of that. We'll approve you. Um, but we, we asked for prayer. They were involved in their third accident this week, after, and none of them being their fault, okay, and being very challenging. And, and Leah's had to deal with concussion issues and some other stuff uh, after two of them. So um, they went uh, Wednesday night. They went out, and they, they, Nicole reached out. I don't know what's going on. The little demons who die and are, get crushed under our feet, right? Um, they, they've been, my, my air conditioning's out at home. It has been for almost a week now. At my workplace, it's out. It, it, yeah, it's good. It's all good. Linda and Jay donated the unit to us when we were building. So anyway, it's out at my workplace. And now this one, this side, if it feels warm in here, this side's out in here. And that's why it feels a little warm in here. I'm like, Lord, what are you doing? There's supposed to be fresh wind, right? So we just preached on all this. Uh, but anyway, they went to the church, and they went out to the cross, and they prayed. Then they went to another place, and then they went to our house. Three places they went to intercede and pray, and they took communion in all three places. And then the next day, on their way to the business meeting, they get in their third accident. And uh, so I'd love to pray for that. Also, Lydia's been struggling with her voice for weeks now and has had to have additional help on the stage to worship and praise and what she's called to do. And I feel that's just symbolic that the enemy is trying to take us off course, trying to take individuals, things, movements off course. But God wins. We are not victims, we are victors. So no matter what the challenge is in your life, this is symbolic that, that, that God wins. Okay, so no matter what, even if you're watching online, no matter what's going on, God wins. Maybe, maybe there's been a diagnosis or you're getting some testing for something medically. Maybe there's some family things or maybe there's relational or marriage issues going on. I'm telling you here, God wins. Prayer works. We had, there is one testimony. Congratulations, Grandma and Grandpa Sue and Steve. From Thursday evening, basically, from possibly having their baby uh, grandson, Sterling, going to NICU, to now being released today, healthy. Prayer works. God wins. So, um, man, Lee and Rob, Lydia, if you could just stand, and, and then everybody else, we're just going to stretch our hands out to them, but one hand towards them, one hand on your heart. I believe that there are, some of us are going through challenges, and, and by the way, my air conditioning is not a, necessarily a challenge. It's, it's like cool. Not really cool, but it's fine. So, so, but these are bigger deals. So, so, Lord, we just thank you for Lee and Rob. We thank you for what they're doing in the kingdom. We thank you, Lord, for their call and their mantle. We thank you for Lydia to cry out, Lord. Even when rocks are willing to, she will. Louder than rocks, Lord. We thank you for their calling, for your, for your purpose in their life, and for what they're doing for your kingdom, for this region, and for upper room. And we silence and we cancel the enemy's devour right now. We rebuke the enemy's devour right now, and we crush Satan under our feet in all of this, in our church, in our region, in our nation, in Jesus' name. That this is bigger than just these incidents, Lord, and these little, these little issues, Lord. They are bigger, Lord, and we crush Satan under our feet. You give us authority to do that. Enough is enough. We cancel trauma. We speak healing and life. Life. This was a week of life. In Jesus' name. Amen. I know a lot of intros there, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, Steve Justice also uh, represented a man that was freed after how many years of captivity? 31 years of falsely accused and in prison was freed this week. So 
Big things. Everybody doing their purpose, their thing, and it's leading to life, right? So, so anyway, I can't wait. To, I was going to text you this week, Steve. Like, what, what was like his first meal? What did he do? What was the first evening like? So 31 years in prison. I couldn't imagine. So uh, pizza. You knew it. Pizza. That's, that's awesome. All right. Uh, we are starting a series today. I'm going to try my best because of all that information not to be uh, quite as long. I'll only stick to like an hour or two today. So um, we're gonna, I'm going to kick off a three-week series today, okay? And it's, um, I have no title for the series. In my notes, I have summer series. So, but it's, it's the titles of each week are more fun. All right, today is slow down. Next week, shut up and listen. Week three, don't be a jerk. Okay, can we say that? Everybody say, slow down. Shut up and listen. Don't be a jerk. So turn with me to James 1.19. This is going to be the focus for the, for the three weeks here. I asked Nicole this week, I was like, do I have three weeks in a row preaching? She's like, yeah. I was like, all right, three weeks it is. So James 1.19 is the focus, and we'll read that, but then I'm going to read several of the, the, the verses around that. Uh, James 1 is a pretty good chapter for some, uh, for some encouragement and advice. But 1.19 says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen. Say quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Oh, next week, you, can't, if, you better wear your boots next week. We're going to be talking about uh, haughty words, discord, gossip, and all kinds of stuff, all right? Uh, the week after that, we're going to say, you know, don't be angry. Don't be a jerk. Even there's a verse in the Bible that says, be angry, but don't sin. So there's a difference of the action of anger and the action that produces sin and anger itself. So even Jesus, when he was frustrated once when the temple had been turned into a flea market, essentially, started flipping up tables, right? So there's a righteous anger that sometimes is, is needed to get your point across to, to fight for kingdom purpose. But then most of the time, our anger leads to sin. So today we're going to focus on this slow down part. And I can't wait to share a story about uh, when we were in Bahamas. It's this breakthrough moment that uh, was probably one of my bigger takeaways outside of just being and spending quality time with my daughter. Uh, but let me read some verses around James 19. So don't be misled. Oh, by the way, we're starting at verse 16. And crew, we're going to go through verse 27. This was the one with the question marks. Sorry about that. So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from who? God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. If you weren't with us last week, you are his prized possession. The spirit of adoption allows us to cry out, Abba, Father, you're, you're a gift. From the foundations of the world, he had a dream and he wrapped your body around it. You were a thought and a seed before all the creation ever existed. And we get into 19. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to what? Fear. Listen. Slow to what? Fear. And slow to get? Fear. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts. For it has the power to save your souls. So we're getting into a little bit more of the key today. We won't read all of this each week. The key verse, especially the next two weeks, is, is 19. And it says this, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Not just hearers, but what? Doers. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. 
You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Man, it's easy to read this stuff. It's easy to read, turn the other cheek, or, or, or love your neighbor as yourself, or love your enemies, or forgive those who trespass or wrong you, right? It's really easy. But then all of a sudden, Instagram or Facebook pops up with that image that just irritates the snot out of you. And you're like, what? Why are they doing? They're burning down city buildings because they're mad about, it's hurt. They're crying out. There's a verse in the Bible that says that, that the, the earth will moan and groan for the sons of God to manifest. They are crying out for the love of God. They just may not realize it yet. They're crying out for Christians not to just be condemning and hypocrites. They're crying out for Christians to actually be loving and kind and reveal the power and the goodness of God. It's easy to read this stuff, but then we got to step out and actually do it. But let me challenge you today. We can't do it unless we slow down. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. Oh, that's powerful. You can say all kinds of junk. You can, you can tout and, and, and gloat and, and brag. But let me just say this. If your actions and what people are seeing don't match what they're hearing, it is, your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God of the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. This is a good word. It's not totally the word for today, but that's a good word. You're supposed to ignore the things that are going on and actually love the one in front of you. You're supposed to actually act and do something, not, not just say it or not just ignore it. He's saying, take care of those who are in need. Take care of the ones that are in front of you that you see need something. So part of this is, is a slow down story. So those of you who weren't here last week, I, I alluded to it, but I didn't get a chance to, to talk fully on it because of Father's Day. But I took, there's a tradition that I have to take each of my daughters when they turn 12 on a missions trip. And I have oodles of points through Southwest Airlines. And we get companion pass each year. It's this great benefit we've had for several years. So I give them the Southwest Airlines map. I said, pray, ask God where you want to do missions. We just have to be able to afford it. So Southwest has to fly there. So um, Olivia had a dream, and, and, and it was around the time they had a hurricane. I believe it was Dorian, and, um, and she had this dream that we went to help clean up. Because of COVID, we had to delay. We didn't get to do physical cleanup for, for the hurricane, uh, but it led us to a few weeks, a couple weeks ago, going to the Bahamas. And there was one night that um, we, we, we did all kinds of fun things, met some amazing people. I'm going to share two stories today. Uh, this first one's a little later in the trip. But essentially, um, there wasn't this giant plan. The kids are still in school. They still are facing a lot of restrictions because of COVID and different things. Many of the people haven't returned back to church, so they're doing it virtually often um, and different things like that. So with all of that, we didn't know like essentially what we're doing. So she brought two things for crafts, for painting and making bracelets. She prayed about that. And, and then we're just like, we just told the, the pastor, we are here to serve you. Steve Bowen has a connection, a good friend named Dorian uh, Henze and from the Cincinnati area, and his brother pastors a church in the Bahamas. They're originally from the Bahamas in Nassau. So we went and visited Alonzo, Pastor Alonzo, and uh, a church named Golden Gates Native Baptist Church. And uh, so, so we went there, and 
Honestly, I just all along said, we're just here to serve you in your community, whatever you see fit. Because I've learned through some wisdom and leadership, um, I don't want to go do my plan. I want to go do God's plan and what they need. And and, it's going to sound like I'm bragging. That's humility. (laughs) Ask me. I'm humble. (laughs) So... So, but that's honestly what we did. I'm here to submit to you as a pastor. I'm here to serve you in whatever you want to do. So we show up and there wasn't a giant plan. So I said, hey, how about we clean the church? So one day we cleaned the church. We vacuumed, we mopped, we cleaned up three or four giant bags of trash out around the perimeter. And it was hot that day. Um, And then we did some other things. The next day, his brother-in-law's mom just passed away, and he pastors in Assemblies of God Church, so we ended up there and helping paint and cleaning up trash there. And then we had a couple extra hours, and we went to this gym that I'm going to talk about later, and uh, we just began to say, we're just going to be servants of the community. We're just going to serve Nassau. That's, that's it. We didn't have giant meetings planned. On Sunday, I spoke, and she was able to do the whole cra- both crafts with and teach the whole kids' class. It was awesome. So different things like that. So then after we were all done, I said, I wanted to take two nights at a resort and just, just unwind and have chat time with my daughter. That's probably my favorite part. Olivia, do you still want to be the greatest pediatrician on the planet? You know, what, what's your heart? What do you want in a man? What are you looking for? What are you praying into right now for a husband? You know, have you asked God about that? No, Dad, I haven't asked God. <laughs> let's start there about you being a doctor. Have you, you know, let's ask God these things. Many times we do what's on our desire of our heart, but the Bible says delight yourself in the Lord, and then he'll honor the desires of your heart. We want to just get the desire of our heart met, not even ask God in the process. That's next week. So, so anyway, as we're, as, we're, as we're pressing into this one night, our last night there, um, we're walking down the beach. We were getting ready to go to a romantic dinner, the two of us, and uh, the sun was setting. I was like, let's go see the sunset, and then we'll go to dinner. And uh, we wanted a picture taken, and we saw these guards getting ready to exchange. This guard was walking out to us, and he took this picture. If we could show that first picture. This was the picture of Olivia and I on our final night in the Bahamas. I know, suffering for the cross in a really rough place. I get it. Uh, but anyway, beautiful place, beautiful people, and uh, so receptive to, to, to the gospel. And, uh, and I look at the picture, and this guy was really sweet and kind. He's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and then I looked at the picture. I was like, his finger's in it. Top left corner, that's the finger. I was like, it was a perfect picture, but his finger's in it. And I was like, so then we did a selfie, like, oh, we'll make up for it. And there was another picture we took. But then I, I find this funny. I was like, this is the picture I'm showing. Because that picture is a man, um, I think his name was something like Dorius. And uh, so we, we go on a walk. We come back. He's now in the guard shack that looks like a lifeguard stand. And, and as we come back, he's, he says this. He shouts out. He says, I love what you're doing, brother. You're a good dad. He had no idea why we were there. He just, my daughter and I are walking on the beach. And, and he's like, I admire you. And we walk about another hundred feet, and then I feel the nudge of the Holy Spirit say, go back. So I walk back, and I ask this simple question, this question we had really just been asking all week, can, can we pray for you? Followed up with anything specific if they say yes. Two questions. And he, he looks down at me, I'm, I'm, he's like up a few steps, and, and he looks down, he's like, can I be honest with you, brother? I said, yeah, you can be honest with me. First, he said, I'll never turn down prayer. I said, well, anything specific? Can I be honest with you, brother? Yes, please, please be honest. I love honesty. He said, We're ha- my wife and I are having marriage problems. I, I don't think our marriage is going to last. And, and, and I need prayer. I want prayer for my marriage. I'm working two jobs trying to provide, and I, our marriage is struggling. And I said, do you want your marriage to work? He says, yes. Does your wife want your marriage to work? I think so, but I don't know. 
she might be pregnant. I said, man, let me just share my story. And I shared the story of Nicole and I almost facing divorce at three years of marriage 16 years ago. We, we have our 19th anniversary on Tuesday. So I share our, 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 our testimony about our marriage and God saving our marriage and me giving my heart to Jesus and then him radically changing everything, including my marriage. And then I said, so, so let's pray for your marriage. And, and tears are swelling up in his eyes. But so then I said, he begins to elaborate afterwards. He's like, thank you. Thank you so much. He's like, you coming to the Bahamas and just stopping for me gives me the hope and the faith to know that God can save my marriage. I want to I dissect that. Now, now so, so I've been pressing into this for a couple weeks since it happened. And, and I'll be honest, in my day-to-day life, I do this. I do. But not as often as I should. Because I'm so busy going from one thing to the next and getting to this inspection, getting to this, do this training for the guys, or, or trying to get home for supper, or trying to get home to help Nicole with the kids, or, or do this, or do that, or fix this, or, or try to fix my air conditioning every night this week that didn't work. There's these things, right? Because we're busy. But we don't slow down for these moments, and we don't slow down, and when we're not slowing down, we're missing life. I remember Nicole spoke on Mother's Day a year and a half ago almost at this point, and she, it, was, it was kind of mom, I have no idea how she got the acronym, uh, make, make uh, what is it? Make the most of every moment. There's a lot of letters in there, I don't know how she got mom out of that. Make the most of every moment. She picked out the O of like the least important word in there. Anyway. I'm just messing with you. I messed with her yesterday about it. So, so at any rate, it's making the most of every moment, not speeding through. So then I began to, to process and pray this and share this with a couple friends this past week. And, and I remember I was in a place of slowing down. Even though we had supper to get to and I, we were starving, we had been on the beach all day, it was a rough day, okay? On the beach and like swimming all day, I was getting sunburned, it was, it was hard. So <laughs> we're trying to get to supper, but I just heard that nudge go back. Because I was in a mode of slowing down, and I was in an attentive mode of listening to Holy Spirit, and in an intentional mindset on that trip to hear what He wanted to do in all of where we were at. I challenge us today to slow down and listen, slow down and be obedient, slow down and not be so self-centered or so busy that we're caught up going from thing to thing to thing to thing. Because we never know the moment that we're living in may be the last. We never know the moment that we're living in may be what that very person needs. We never know in that very moment is the very thing that we're working hard for anyway. There was a, 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 a time, I think it was in the winter or somewhere, we had the ice storm come in and it, the weather was going to be beautiful and I had this plan to be with the kids and take them somewhere and have this fun. But first we needed to cut down these trees and, and cut down the stuff that had, the ice had, had kind of destroyed. So I'm working on it. My chainsaw won't work. All these things won't work. And then I start being a big butthole. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I probably could have used the real one on that because I became a giant jerk. Week three, I became the jerk. So, but what happened was I didn't slow down and embrace the moment. Here we're all serving together. We're working on our property, which is a blessing. We all have the physical capability to drag limbs, right? I've got a friend who has a seven-year-old who's been going through chemotherapy, slow down because the very thing that I was stressed out about to get to I ruined every moment leading up to that because I didn't embrace the moment we're only in this moment once 
We're only in this chapter once, whether, whether you're, you don't have kids yet or you're single or whether you're married and not yet kids or whether you have kids or uh, whatever. We're all in this moment. Maybe it's grandkids. Maybe you just had your first grandkid. We're in this moment to where we need to slow down and embrace that. Like I see these people even at work work all this overtime or build these businesses and they miss the most cherished time in their kids' and grandkids' lives because they're so focused on the American dream and building the things they think they want to build when they've missed out on the very thing they were supposed to be building. Because they didn't slow down. Let, let, me, let me move on here. I had four points. I kind of breezed through many of them. First one was slow down. Second one, don't be selfish. Third one, be intentional. And the fourth one today is be obedient. So, four points. Slow down. Don't be selfish. Be intentional. Be obedient. Acts 3, 1 through 11. Let's read that. I've actually got a lot of scripture to get to, so I might skip some. Acts 3, 1 through 11. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. That's fun. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. So here's a paralytic, a lame man, in front of the, the, the entrance of the church, let's say, begging for money every day, and every day people pass him. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at him, e them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll, I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. They actually slowed down. And although they didn't have money, what he's asking for, they had the very thing he needed. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood to his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Now here's the fruit. They slowed down. They were intentional. They were obedient. They heard the Lord, and they gave what they could give. They didn't have silver or gold. God's never asking you to go outside of your lane and give something that you don't have or operate in a gift that you don't have. He's never asking you to do more than what you're capable of. But through Christ, all things are possible, and he can do it through you. So, But they gave what they could. They gave what they had. Simply time and prayer. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. Did you know there's fruit when you see miracles? There is fruit. There is a seed there that the father loved this guy so much, he used Peter and John, healed him, and boom, now it's affecting a crowd. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade, and where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John is so surprising. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's stop there. This led to a celebration. This led to people getting ecstatic and excited. Let me just say this. When you stop for someone, all of a sudden, this, there's this momentum that gets others excited. First off, to say, I can do that too. Secondly, God's power. This is the biggest one. Look what Jesus did. Look what God did. Look what he can do. And let me just say this. Every single testimony is a prophecy. When you stop and pray for my God saving our marriage became a testimony that was a prophetic seed in, in, in this man's life in the Bahamas saying, first off, I shared and then knowing it equated me stopping just to pray equated to say, now I have hope God can save my marriage. 
Now I have faith. I believe my marriage is going to be saved, and I can't wait for you to meet me again and share that with you. Why? Because there's a testimony that becomes a seed for a prophecy. If he can do it in this person or this circumstance or this thing, he can do it in me or he can do it again or he can do it bigger. As we were leaving Sunday service in the Bahamas, this lady approached us. I didn't know she was part of the church and she's asking us for money. I clearly had no money. It was locked in the car in the luggage. We were getting ready to go to a different resort after the service. I had nothing and our car was very far away. I said, ma'am, I don't have any money but can we pray for you? And, and we prayed for her, and I said, do you know Jesus as Savior? Do you have Jesus in your heart? Are you saved? Are you born again? No. Would you like to be? Yes. We led this, this, this lady to a prayer of salvation. We led her and then partnered her with the pastor, and it was this amazing moment because, listen, silver or gold, I had no money. I didn't have what she, what, she, what she was asking for, but we had the very thing she needed, the gift of eternity, the gift of life, the gift of being born again, and she walked away happy and praising God. These are the moments because we slowed down, like, and we were supposed to be getting in our cars, get to lunch, so we could go do the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. But I was on island time, now called kingdom time. If you've been in the Caribbean, like it's island time. If you've been doing ministry in Mexico or, or Dominican Republic, man, this, I, we were in Dominican Republic. A service was supposed to start at 7 p.m. At 9, they started bringing chairs out. At 9.30, the band started to take a stage that was just built. I was like, what is going on? 9.30, I think we started the service that was supposed to start at 7 because we were on kingdom time. And as we began that service in Dominican Republic, the Catholic Church had been released. So as we're seeing all these healings, we, Nicole and I prayed for a guy, a crippled man, bent over, Rice Krispies, all of a sudden his back was straight, and he came to full healing and upright posture. As we're, this is happening, these people who are being released from church are walking by seeing this and now becoming part of the service. Why? Because they just slowed down. It was kingdom time. They didn't care. Or what they call island time. They didn't care. Let, let, me, let me move on here. Psalms 46, 10 through 11 says this. Angel uh, and, and us... And, and a couple were talking after church a few weeks ago. The funny things in the Bible. And some of those is like, uh, you know, first is last. The last will be first. Like, what? These, these funny things, right? One of them is, is so many scriptures to go make disciples, right? But then we get to this one, be still. And no, oh, I don't know what to go. I don't know to be still. I don't know to go first, go last. I, ah, right? There's these funny things in the Bible. But the reality is in our going, we go from rest. As we go make disciples, it's in our going, in our everyday life, we get to make disciples and do great exploits for the king. In our going, we're going from a place of listening and being obedient. And Lord, what do you want to do? I used to be super intentional. Every day I would wake up I'd, before I put my feet on the floor and say, God, who do you want to put in my path today to reveal your love to? I kind of quit that. This has been a good reminder, this story from the Bahamas and just that, that lifestyle say, man, this is every day. How can I pray for you? So simple. Can I pray for you? So Psalms 46, 10 through 11, be still and know that I'm God. And then it says this, I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. Glory. Not just on the earth, in the earth. There will be seeds planted in the earth through what we're doing by being still and exalting him that's going to take seed and root to produce a harvest. Then it goes on to say this, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. There's a scripture that I was going to read in Philippians 2, 1 through 11. It's called the attitude of Christ. 
having the attitude of Christ. For the sake of time, I'm going to skip through it. And the intention, main intention of that verse is talking about don't be selfish. Verse 3, it goes in to say, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking others better than yourself. And this was going to be the key verse. Don't look only out for your own interests, but be interested in the lives of others. So often we just get caught up in our busyness. And I'm not saying that it's this intentional selfish agenda. No, it's just become part of who we are because we're so busy going from thing to thing to thing to thing that we lose sight of why we're even here in the first place. We're here to be a blessing to God, to glorify him, to minister to him, and be a blessing to others. We are his craftsmanship. We are his conduit. We are his hands. We are his feet. We are his voice piece. So... Let me share one more story. If you could just put up the picture of us at this CrossFit gym. Are you guys with me? I'm getting ready to close, I promise. So this is Jamie Thompson, and uh, he owns a CrossFit gym in the Bahamas. That day I said we went to another church and painted. We were rolling through. We hit the flea market. Olivia bought a couple little souvenirs and stuff and some gifts from people who helped sew into this trip. And so anyway, we, we get there, and, um, and then I was like, we wanted to serve. And, and the first day I was there, I was like, Nicole, there's not really a plan. I see there's a CrossFit gym. Our agenda doesn't allow us to go work out there, but maybe I'll just stop in and ask if we could just serve them. And maybe they'd be there, and I'm telling Nicole, and Nicole's like, that's a great idea. So after we left the market, we had like an hour and a half of not doing anything. And I said, you know what, let's just see if we can find it. So I put it in the map, and, and we're driving on the wrong side of the road in Bahamas. I only made a mistake once and pulled out in the oncoming traffic one time. I did pretty good. But anyway, we, we don't find it. And I'm like, ah, it says it's right there. So we circled around a few blocks, and we come back through. And I was like, well, maybe it's behind this gas station. And sure enough, it was between, like, attached to a gas station by this marina, but you had to go on the side street to kind of get there. And I, and I said, let's just go in there. Let's just see if we can serve. So I go in there, and, and this gentleman, this owner, Jamie, really amazing man, he, he was finishing up with a client, probably a one-on-one -on -one coaching or something. And he's like, hey, can I help you? I was like, I don't want to interrupt, but honestly, we're here on a missions trip. There hasn't been a ton for us to do. Can we serve you? Can we mop your floors or clean your bathroom? He's like, what? He's taken back. I was like, yeah, can we just clean for you? He's like, no. I was like, well, can we pray for you? Oh, man, I would let you pray for me. Are you serious? He's, he's doing this? I was like, yeah, we're serious. But really, we'll serve. Like, we have an hour and a half. Like, let us clean. Let us organize. What can we do for you? He's like, prayer's good enough. Prayer would be amazing. Like, I started this gym. He, he played soccer for West Virginia University. The programming for the athletic the department or whatever, his programming was CrossFit. So he went back home and started up the only affiliate in Bahamas. So he begins to tell us his story and tell us. And he's like, I cannot believe you're here to just pray for me and offer to serve. He's like, this, this blows me away. And we had this moment, and, and, and we were only there maybe a total of 20 minutes. He gave Olivia a shirt and just so generous, and he's like, I can't believe it. He was so blown away by, by just us slowing down and saying, Jesus, how do you want to use us today? And we just, we just popped in. He's like, that, this is amazing. This is crazy. I honestly didn't know it was a big impact. So then a couple days later, I get on social media, and, and I see this post, and I'm going to read you what he put. So if you could go to the next picture. I think he's watching online right now. So I, I texted him. I said, hey, I'm, I'm going to be sharing our story today. It says, one of the best experiences I've ever had as a CrossFit affiliate owner. 
Meet Aaron and Olivia. These two angels came to the Bahamas from Ohio, USA on a mission to serve God and share his message throughout the 242, the area code. As, follow, as fellow CrossFitters, the Lord brought them into our box today to shower us with love and best wishes. This has got to be one of the most loving, kind-hearted, and overwhelming experiences I've ever had since owning a gym. Thank you so much, Aaron and Olivia. May God continue to cloak you with his protection as you share his message, his kindness throughout the Bahamas. Continue to be the beautiful souls you are. You have a home here now, so we'll be waiting for you. Hashtag good news, hashtag love, hashtag peace, hashtag God is awesome. And, and by no means am I doing this to brag about myself. I'm, I'm hoping that this stirs something up in you to slow down and just be intentional. And all we did was stop in and all we got to do is say, can we pray for you? That was it. And it led to one of the most best experiences of being a gym owner because I know how many lives are touched through, through, through fitness and through health and the focus of CrossFit. And I know how many testimonies there are, but one of the best experiences, just, uh, just some, some country kids coming On my way to church Sunday, that Sunday, sorry. I just began to think, I was just some poor country bumpkin living in Bradford, fishing in streams, driving three-wheelers and dirt bikes around on abandoned railroad tracks. <laughs> Working at an apple orchard, learning how to drive tractors and trucks, right? Becoming some hardened messed up love deficit person to now I begin to thank God and just cry on my way to that church man God thank you for using me but let me just be honest with you it wasn't because I was going to preach to a church it was because God was using me as a seed in the ones it was the ones it was the security guard it was it was Jamie it was these it was these moments that I just said can I pray for you can we pray for you it was those moments Olivia's biggest takeaways from the trip, I, I asked her the last couple of days, what was your big, why'd we come here? Why'd God give you Bahamas? She's like, honestly, you mind if I share this? Cool with that. So she said, three things, Dad. She said, first off, I always do jobs and tasks and chores just to check them off the list and get them done. She's like, when we were picking up trash at that church, I realized that everything I do is unto the Lord. So, All right, that was worth it. And then she said, and also just seeing you pray for people and step out in boldness and just ask them to pray. She's like, I want to do that in my everyday life. I said, yes. And then she said, and just spending time with you, Dad. It's like, all right, I'll take that. <laughs> Heidi Baker says, if we want to change the world, love the one in front of us. I just picture Jesus. And this was kind of Nicole's message on Mother's Day a couple years ago. It was, it was like Jesus going from place to place and thing to thing. He always stopped. He always stopped. He was always interrupted. And he, and he never didn't show up to the place he was going to be. He just was delayed and it didn't matter. Like going to Lazarus to raise the dead. He's like, ah, it'll be all right. We'll just take a little extra time. But I mean, I think about the woman at the well that he just stopped for. He was thirsty, probably was depleted and tired. I think about the centurion who interrupted Jesus for a paralytic servant and he went off and prayed for him. I, I, I started to just journal some of this, walking in Peter's house and Peter's mother-in-law is down with a fever and, and just, boom, heals her. And, and it just rode across the Sea of Galilee, cast demons out. I'm like, man. Rode again, went across another sea to, to heal a paralytic. He was going to Jairus' house 
all right, to raise his daughter from the dead, gets interrupted, interrupted by being interrupted, and, and heals the woman with the issue of blood. Like, man, because he just slowed down. He was obedient. He listened. When there was a need, he met the need. Zacchaeus, leaving one place to go to the other, two blind men, blind Bartimaeus. I go on and on and on. Little children were constantly brought to him for, for blessings. And I could keep, just keep going. Jesus, that was his life. Three years. This, this is just a few. Three years of ministry. This was his life. Slowing down, being intentional, being obedient, and loving the one in front of him. Matthew 9, 35 through 38. We'll, we'll end here. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. He just went around city to city, bringing the good news of the gospel and not just listening, but doing. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers to his harvest. I just listened to an incredible message. My friend Jamie Van Gelder preached a message on this. You should listen to it based on this scripture context about structure and the importance of structure. And they were celebrating, I think, their, their one or two year in their new building. And it's like phenomenal about the laborers and those who will bring the word of God and the gospel and, 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 and do the work in the kingdom, right? But I want to focus on this. So he was moving from the synagogues and city to city and, and sharing the gospel, preaching sermons, and Jesus was healing the sick, healing the lame, doing all these things. And then he sees this crowd. And I know evangelists, and even myself getting this trap, when we see a crowd, we get excited. We start bragging about the crowd. Like, there's 450 people at Church on the Lawn. Aaron, there's probably more like 400. I know, like 575 people. It was awesome. There had to be 700 people this year. Aaron, we only gave out 380 meals. I only think half the people ate. But Aaron, we saw some people go up twice. It doesn't matter. There was like 942 people there. The point is humility. Jesus didn't care that there was a crowd. He didn't brag, look, the crowd following me. That crowd was following him and they, they were seeing the exploits and the crowd was building, the momentum was building. But Jesus wasn't focused on the crowd and the excitement of that and how many people were being touched or ever brag about how many miracles he did or how many salvations he handed out. He simply said, they're in need. He saw the multitude who was hungry and in need and he was moved with compassion. There is a difference between sympathy and compassion. Sympathy makes us feel bad. Compassion compels us to do something about it. But let me just say this. I want to move through my daily life and be moved with compassion, even for the one, the multitude, the group, or whatever it is. And I want to be so submissive to Holy Spirit that I hear his voices say, ask him if he wants prayer. It's not illegal in our culture, in the United States of America, to ask somebody if you can pray for them. You're not crossing any lines and I'm telling you what when you ask more often than not you're going to say yes anything specific yes and they will open up because why because you are moved with compassion and compelled to do something to at least ask and let me just say this sir, you can't mess it up you cannot mess it up Amy and Leah's training in prayer is great 
But if you're willing to stop for the one and at least willing to offer prayer and at least try, you cannot mess that up. And let me just tell you this. They will be touched simply by you being moved with compassion to stop and slow down in your day and care enough to do something about it. I have no idea what I prayed for Jamie in that CrossFit gym. I have no clue. It probably wasn't elegant. It probably wasn't the the best words. But guess what? We stopped in there that day. We decided just to say, hey, how can we serve you? And can we pray for you? And that alone led to an incredible seed that's going to produce a harvest of favor and blessings and increase in his life and ours. Will we slow down? Will we not be too busy? Will we not be self-centered? Will we be intentional? I, I think of the story with the Good Samaritan. And I think about all the people that passed by, and then there was one. There was one that stopped. There was one that changed the life forever. Will we be that Good Samaritan? Will we be the one? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to end with some activation. So here's what I want you to do. We're going to slow down today. I love this. Nicole and the intercessor group's reading this book on revival. After the business meeting Thursday night, Nicole starts to read me a chapter in this book. And I was like... I had a really busy week out in the heat all day for three days teaching uh, boat operations. Then I tried to go back to my office, no reprieve with air, come home, I'm trying to fix things. I did fix my mower on Monday night. Yes, I talked about that last week. $10 wiring harness in about 10 minutes and I was popping wheelies on that thing. It's awesome, felt like a man. So anyway. One of the things she was reading to me was, was the, the benefit of one service. And we can keep you guys in here so long because we don't have to get you out for the next service to come in. <laughs> We're going to get you out, I promise. But she's reading it to me. I was like, okay, Nicole, I can input no more. Can you finish that paragraph and be done? She's like, looks up to me a little disappointed. She's like, yeah. I was like, I was falling asleep. I was like, I was done. I was depleted. So anyway, part of this was, was just the flexibility of, of having our service. And we are fighting and building so that we can keep one service, just to be honest with you. We're expanding our sanctuary so that we can be in unity, so that we can be one body. And I'm not, I'm not slandering anybody or even our past for having two services, but there is freedom and there is revival and there is a focus on presence when we say we're going to do this together. So one of the things that allows us to do that is we're going to take a few moments here. We're going to slow down. I know lunch is calling. I know uh, even we have uh, a thing after church and stuff, but let's take a moment. Could you, to somebody around you, preferably not your spouse or somebody you're the closest to, this is a place where if we can take risk in here, it's training and, and empowerment to be able to take risk out there. So could you, just, just for a few minutes, all we're going to do is just partner up or find somebody. Maybe somebody's caught your eye. If you're single and somebody caught your eye of the opposite gender, man, go for it. Now's the time. You could straight up dating service right here. Pray for one another. Start off on the foundation. We are rooted and grounded in love. So anyway, can you just pray for somebody? And you're going to ask just two questions. Can I pray for you? Is there anything specific? Just pray for one another. So we're going to slow down in our service. And if you're watching online, I would love for you to just put in the comments right now of any prayer need you have. I'm going to actually engage in that right now. Um, so if you're online, just any, what can we pray for you? Can we pray for you? What is the need? So right now in this moment, we're going to give it three to five minutes. So three to five minutes max, and then we'll dismiss.
watching online right now, I've, I'm on YouTube and Facebook. If you have a prayer request, I'd love to engage with you and pray over that with you. haven't switched who's praying for who you could please do that right now just finish up your prayer God cover it redeem it finish it it is finished the cross paid for it your blood covers it just begin to share maybe your need with me you can go back to this there's no time limit after we dismiss but we're gonna dismiss officially and publicly and if you need to leave leave if you still want to receive or give prayer please be welcome to um, we're gonna have some prayer team members up up around here so man, if you don't have a Bible we have Bibles to give away if you don't know Jesus and you don't have an intimate relationship with him as Savior and Lord, you don't know that your destination upon his return or, or prior is heaven, and then we get to introduce you to the greatest decision of your life. We would love that. There's a few people I've been praying for online, so we're going to give those to the intercessor team, and we're praying for them as well. But my dad used to dismiss Bible studies with just a thank you, Jesus, three times. All right, do you think we could do old school here for a moment for fun? So lift your hands up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And like we voted on Thursday night, end with a hallelujah. One, two, three. Hallelujah. You guys be blessed.